0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the late morning program with Namras Podcast, the number one Hari Krishna podcast in the world. I'm here with Siddhanta Prabhu. Siddhanta Prabhu, thank you for joining me.
1: Uh, it's my pleasure and uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, share some uh, Srila Prabhupada nectar. I hope yeah, yeah. so. For, for those of you who don't know, Siddhanta
0: Prabhu is the creator, the producer of Prabhupada memories. Now, a lot of us grew up with Srila Prabhupada's memories on VHS and on DVD and now on YouTube. Um, so, a lot of my friends who I spoke to about this episode, they said, we didn't even know that Siddhanta Prabhu was behind this all. So they're super interested in hearing what you have to say about how you came to this idea, uh, how it's been going, what's the future of it, and all kinds of things like that, as well as your own personal story, which is also very interesting. So Prabhu, maybe we can start out there. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came in contact with uh, Srila Prabhupada and ISKON.
1: Uh, well, it goes back uh, many years. Um, well, the, my whole, this life began se- uh, over 73 years ago wow. when, when I was born in St. Louis, Missouri at a very young age. And um, just seeing if you're <laughs> uh, listening. I picked up on <laughs> Okay, Thank you. Um, but uh, I was raised mostly in Los Angeles. And... Um, Parent, nice parents, raised uh, in a nice family, in a nice home. My father uh, was a, a child analyst, child psychiatrist.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And uh, there's um, the rumor going around that the sons of child psychiatrists are the craziest. And, <laughs> and I think I can attest to that. that you know, Without finding Prabhupada, I know, who knows what uh, could have happened to me. Right, right. So I, I thank Prabhupada for that. But um, so I was educated there, and then I uh, went to college at the University of Oregon. Oh, okay, and I uh, graduated the B with a BA, uh, Bachelor's of Arts in uh, Business Administration, and majored in marketing. But what happened was that the when you're a senior and you're about to graduate, all these headhunters come in the, at the university and and you know try to entice you to sign up and join their company. Right, and. Uh, somehow or another, the focus of the marketing department was we were getting headhunters from people that uh, like Del Monte Foods and different food manufacturers for some reason, and they wanted you to end up as a stock boy at Safeway or something. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't very appealing to me. Right, right. So, but during my senior year, I was um, into filmmaking, just doing student films on some little Super 8 movie, you know, uh, really really thin, uh, small. Uh, right. film stock. So that's what I wanted to do. I don't know why, but I, you know, my, I enjoyed it doing it and my time passed away. I was doing that more than I was studying for the final exams, it seemed. So when I graduated, went back to LA and, uh, tried to get into the, the film industry there, but it was very difficult because the unions are very strong there. I did have some friends, uh, who were, whose parents were in the film industry, but even they, you know, were not able to, you know, just kind of like, you know, wrangle me in there just because I knew them. Right. Um, So for a year or so, I graduated in 69. So about a, the, the next year I spent time in odd jobs. And one day I was downtown and I think I was selling wigs that was <laughs> paying the rent at that time, Wow, which was not very inspiring. But, but while I was downtown doing that um, I saw a Hari Nam party. Right. First contact with, Hari Krishna devotees knew nothing about it. Like they were like Martians falling out of the sky. Right. That's what I thought. And my reaction was um, not really a strange one because I've come in contact with people that knew nothing about what Krishna consciousness was all about. Wow. And their reaction was similar to mine, but mine was like um, I was criticizing. I said, what are those guys doing over there? There, you know, that's nonsense. What? That's ridiculous. And I, I think there was a policeman standing next to me, and I said, "What are those guys doing?" I was like, <laughs> so I was like a really demonic uh, attitude. And there you can see. Actually, I sent along this picture from the Bhagavad Gita, which uh, <laughs> a, a painting that describes the demonic natures, and that's me there pointing to the devotees. And when I saw this, that ad- that was. I don't know, in the last life or something, I was an Indian uh, criticizing the Hari Nam party.
0: Right.
1: But uh, that was my nature. And somehow or another, um, with uh, reading Prabhupada's books, finally I realized, well, there was something behind the, them chanting and I understood it. But um, it's interesting the um, the devotee leading that uh, Hari Nam party is uh, a redhead, really bright redheaded fellow. And um, His name that I found out later was Mohanananda. Oh, okay. And he was a dear disciple, close associate of Prabhupada. When I moved to, and then, so anyway, I couldn't find a job there. So I branched out and and, uh, looked into other avenues, other areas that might hire somebody without joining a union where you'd have to work for 15, 20 years before you can actually rise up to the level of actually putting your hands on a piece of film and cutting. Right. So I went to Dallas, Texas uh shortly thereafter 1971 and i got a job i just went in they hired me it was krishna's mercy and i became a film editor uh now you had day.
0: now you had not uh you had just seen devotees at that just time but you but and then and then you didn't see them again but but then you went to dallas
1: yeah it was a one-day account uh, you know 15-minute encounter of seeing them chanting on the streets of hollywood wow and then went to denver i'm mean, dallas And um, got a film job, worked there, cutting commercials and feature films and documentaries, various uh, projects. Um, But one day in the summertime, it was the summertime, I remember that was a bright sunny day, there was a park where myself and my wife at that time would go, and uh, it was hippie. We were hippies. And uh, there were the devotees there chanting, and they were also distributing BTGs, Back to Godhead Magazines and uh, i said okay let me take one i gave him a donation i think i did i don't know <laughs> but i got the magazine and at that time my wife and i were um really um we were um on a journey we were like uh inquisitive about uh philosophical things so we were into Nishin shosha buddhism macrobiotics uh, yoga um you know i was raised in the jewish faith but i didn't uh, you know, get enough really uh, satisfying intellectual knowledge about God just to say that, oh, he's there. And he's like, you know, the old man with a white beard concept that. Uh, right, right. Jewish and, and Christian, I think uh, people generally have about uh, God. You know, he's the oldest man, so he must look old. Right. Um, so, but anyway, I read this uh, BTG and went home and read it. And it was the first article I read. It was written by, it was an article by Prabhupada. Answered every question I ever had wow. in this one article, <laughs> plus more. <laughs> and it was like, I didn't even have a question to this answer. And it's an amazing comment, a statement about karma reincarnation yep. that answered to me internal questions that I had. My father couldn't answer. He was basically an atheist. Um, and I couldn't get it when I took a philosophical course in at the University of Oregon, they didn't address things that were not haunting me, but I wanted to know about, then this one article answered that. So then I went to the temple and uh, got more association there. There, The temple there in Dallas was in a community called um, Highland Park, and it was a suburb of of Dallas, a rich area, and they had a house there. This was uh, before they moved into the temple on Gurley Avenue that's currently the temple uh, of Discon in Dallas. And uh, it was a two story house, very nice house. There were maybe eight, 10 devotees there, uh, maybe eight or 10 men and um, maybe six women, a very small temple. But who's the, the president of the Dallas temple. When I joined there, Mohan Ananda. Why? The guy with the red hair. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> who was leading that party on, on Hollywood Boulevard that I first saw. So, I mean,
0: wow.
1: Who knew, you know, um,
0: that's outrageous.
1: But, yeah, and then I have another story about Mohan Ananda. Yeah, I don't know if we're kind of getting off tracks here. No, but, no, um, that's
0: fine. I love to hear that.
1: Okay, but uh, it's kind of like a small world story. Yeah. Um, Mohan Ananda, very devotional person. Um, and uh very intelligent. He helped Prabhupada in Bombay and tried to get uh, donations from Indian Life members there to build a temple in Juhu and right. Um he since uh, has gone on to be a famous producer of movies and uh, they're now writing a book about him. Is he still alive? Yeah, still alive. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I'm, he promised me that he, when he comes to LA, that he would sit down for an interview about his time with Prabhupada.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: But I hadn't seen him in probably, well, 70, you know, he became the, actually became the headmaster at Guru Kula, uh, when it moved to, when the devotees moved to Gurley Avenue. Mm-hmm. You can see him in Yadavara's film, uh, Vishakha's film, um, the world, the uh, Hare Krishna world or something like that. There's a shot of him, you know, with his dody uh, on and he's at a desk and he's signed, looking very official as the headmaster. Oh, I see. Okay. So that's him if you ever want to see what he looks like. Right, right. But uh, I hadn't seen him or come in contact with him we had a, my wife and I, we stayed in the temple for maybe a couple months and then we we blooped, you know, mm. there were some issues that, um, and I was still a film editor when I was when we moved into the temple there on in uh, in Turtle Creek, is what it was. Okay. Um, so after I left, I went, you know, I still continued as a film editor at the production company, so I hadn't seen Mohan Ananda for from like 1972 till. 2020 that I had lost contact with him. Mm. Tried to find him for, for years, but I never came in contact with him again. Wow. But I got an email about three or four months ago because I had posted on YouTube, my first Hari Krishna documentary where I went, uh, I rented a camera because I was a film editor. I didn't have access to cameras. So there was a double wedding in Dallas that Mohan Ananda was the officiating uh priest, and you know, the fire, lighting the fire and saying the mantras and yeah, giving their blessings and everything. So he was leading that. So I, I knew that was coming up. Satsvarupa was there. And so I rented a camera and I filmed the wedding. And then after the wedding, I went and interviewed the it was a double wedding. Prajapati mm-hmm. and Sadarupa, Rishab Dave and a girl named Kumkum. Prashabda oh. is no longer with us. Kumkum still active, I think, in Northern California. Okay. Uh, great devotees, all four of them. Uh, Prajapati sadly left us uh, last year. Okay. But anyway, I've, I took my uh, a recorder, just an audio recorder, and interviewed them. This was, I guess, the start of my this process of my getting oral histories. But I right. would in- interview them and say, "Well, how did you join Hare Krishna? What did your parents think?" Uh, what do you enjoy about it? You know, i kind of had a gambit of questions that I asked, and then I use that as the sound bed as we're seeing the wedding going on. Oh, and, and the audience and you see the fire being lit. It's very colorful. Um, it's only a six minute piece. It's on YouTube. If you want to go see it. Right. But I posted that about six, seven months ago on, on YouTube for the first time in 30, 40 years, whatever it was back in 72. And you, you know, do the math. Hmm. And and then I get an email from a guy named Roland, who is a client of mine and became a friend of mine. He worked at, he's the, he was a co-owner of a production company here in LA. uh, And they hired me for editing jobs and shooting, et cetera. Um, They do uh, a lot of their work. They do uh, trailers for movies. And I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, but I've worked for him. I know him for 30 years, but he didn't know I was a devotee because right. my general philosophy in business is don't talk about religion or politics. You'll get in <laughs> trouble. Right. I've, you Agreed know, had, you. it's like, Oh my God, did I step in that one, you know, right. and, then I'll, and I'll never see that client again. All but, right. um, but I get an email from Roland yeah. saying uh, he knows me as Sid, Sid Hunter. Right. And he said, uh, Sid, is this you? And he said, uh, how do you know uh, M- my Michael Walker? How do you know Mohan And what were you doing in Dallas in 1972? And I'm going, oh, my God. (laughs) You know, I came out of the closet, you know, at that moment. (laughs) right? At least with Roland. And uh, so I said, well, I was there as a film editor and I filmed this uh, documentary and uh, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, that's amazing. It's a small world story because I'm personal friends with Mohan Ananda. And uh, he is producing Mohan Ananda's autobiography and he's maybe going to do a movie on his life before he, before he joined Prabhupada, he was uh, in the family with Timothy Leary. So he has that kind of history. I see. About his journey. Mm -hmm. And then after, uh, I think he left, you know, he was with Prabhupada in the movement, maybe in the eighties, he left and then joined or became a film producer because that was his desire from even before he uh, met Prabhupada to become in, involved in producing movies and wow. one of his famous movies is the uh, the last unicorn it's an animated film wow. children's film so he became successful uh, yeah very successful oh, so Roland told me the, about him and then he said I said well listen what is his email address blah 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 right so we've reconnected after 30 40 years you know in that really way so cool. You know, it's amazing how you know, Krishna like, okay, here's a little bit of nectar and let's connect this guy with this guy again. You
0: know. Right, right. I have I definitely have questions later about, you know, how you get guests and things like that for your for your probad memories. But but let's take it back to so you were in Dallas and you joined in Dallas,
1: uh and then what happened? Um well from from Dallas, um, I didn't like the weather there, and uh, so we decided to move to Denver. Okay. And I got a. um, We went up there for a vacation once, and um, just to see what it was like to see other production companies, maybe turn in a resume, et cetera. And while we were there, and I and I did, and they actually hired me in like this production company, which is an ABC affiliate, said yes, we want you. We have a need for an editor. Oh wow. So I uh, said, that's great. And um, so then I, you know, we planned on, you know, packing up and moving back to Denver. While we were there for the job interview, um, we were still, you know, inclined philosophically, et cetera. We were attached to knowing more about Krishna. And we drove while we were there to get to do the interview, we drove up to Boulder. Mm. And uh, there was a temple there that um, was formed um, Tulsidas, I think maybe it was there, but Kuru Shrestha, who I remember, you know, distinctly coming out. Um, I was in, in the car, and there was a temple there, and he he came out and realized that we were like semi interested, you know, karmis that were maybe <laughs> potential buyers for books, and he came out with the big Krishna book, the Silver Krishna book, right. Um, I had given a donation of 20 bucks or something like that. And he out, Oh, here, take this Krishna book. So that was, again, another contact with the devotee after our contact with the devotees in uh, Dallas. Mm. And uh, so when we uh, moved, went back to Dallas and uh, got our stuff, moved back. And then I started working as an editor for the production company there. But as things would happen in uh, two or th- three, four years, um, As Krishna says in the Gita, there's four reasons why someone comes to Krishna, Mm. seeks out God. You're distressed, in need of money, inquisitive, and in search of knowledge. Right. Mm. So that's generally how most of us come. So I was like a combination of all those. Mm. So my personal story, and it's not unique, um, my wife and I, we had uh, actually, at that time, uh, I was distressed because we had... Divorce, we had parted ways, mm-hmm. and um, and I turned to the temple for solace, and and uh, I would go there every Sunday, I think it was, and um, at night, and they would uh, after the offering, and I would be there, and Mother Puja. Would come out with uh, hot, hot, warm halva and hot milk with bananas in it. Oh wow! And, and feed me this <laughs> great prasadam and preach to me. And Srinivas would come out and Dugdapan would come out and you know sit down and you know they had a live one you know so they, were, <laughs> they had a fish on the hook so um, <laughs> right and so they uh, they reeled me in and it, it just became um, more t- less. Tolerable to live out there in the material world, suffering and in anxiety and stress. And uh yeah. and I said, okay, let's um let's join. But actually, prior to coming to Dallas, uh, to Denver and joining the temple as, as a full-time devotee, I had um gone to greet Prabhupada at the airport. Oh wow. So that was my first personal contact with Srila Prabhupada. Taking him with the other devotees back to the temple, mm-hmm. and at that time it, at that time it was in Gurley on Gurley Avenue, the, the temple that's there now, and there was a huge crowd, and I was one of the members of the crowd. Um, it was a Sunday feast lecture, and after the lecture, they opened it up for QA, and A, questions mm-hmm. and answers, and I remember distinctly, like I, I know that the essence of the lecture was about the benefit and the glories of chanting Hare Krishna. That's all I remember about that. But what I remember and take away from that was the first question that was posed to Prabhupada after they opened it up for questions. And this guy was like maybe 10 feet in front of Prabhupada and kind of in a challenging mood said, right to Prabhupada, he said, what do you, you've been trying, you're talking about chanting Hare Krishna, but what do you feel? What do you personally feel when you chant Hare Krishna mm. and in a heartbeat without it. A moment's hesitation, Prabhupada said, I feel no fear. Wow. And it like <laughs> hit in my heart. I was in the audience. I was like, wow, okay. Because <laughs> I was full of fear. Right. I, it was the middle of the Vietnam War. I could have been drafted. There was a right, fear right. of that. um You know, wow. who doesn't have fears in the material world? That's what this material world is primarily made up of. You know, right. are we going to yeah. have enough money to, uh, survive on are we going to get COVID? are we gonna you know get married and we're gonna have a boyfriend am i gonna get a girlfriend um right. whatever those material desires are in the heart that come up there's fear of their uh, the fear is there to know whether that'll ever be fulfilled or not mm. so that's what hit me in the heart and it wasn't like a mental process it was n- not an intellectual thing oh, yes, let me think about that for a while, but it was immediate. Not only did I believe that to be the absolute truth, that if I chant Hare Krishna, I will not have fear. Yeah. And I've found that to be true when I sincerely (laughs) and chant properly. That is the effect that I I feel and, and, and benefit from. But also the second thing I realized was that Prabhupada and Krishna are like this, that he is... Connected with the supreme personality of Godhead, Parama. I didn't know the name Paramama at that time, but uh, I knew that he was not an ordinary human being, and that here was somebody I could trust, that I could, you know, put my faith in. That right. he's not out here to cheat me. That mm. was the the realization that I got.
0: Wow, wonderful! So then you. What? How did you? St- so you had already had a background in film and editing and things, but is that what you? Is that what you did when you first joined the temple? Because, because uh, maybe sometimes when we I, I hear so many times the devotees joining they have a certain propensity, but they don't actually get involved in that
1: immediately. That's what I wanted to do, right. um, because I had <laughs> talk about fear. <laughs> I had the fear of shaving my head, putting on a you know a bedsheet. Right. And uh, I think I had pairs of socks that were the same color, but um, at that time, but uh, I had, yeah, you know, cause I thought I was this body and that I'm going to go out there and be embarrassed, you know, Right. it's not the uh, first person to think like that, but that's the thought I had. So I said, well, God, if I can, uh, you know, engage in a service where I can like be in a room and edit, you know, make films. And at that time, Yadavara and had the spiritual frontier, I think, and
0: mm, Hare like Krishna
1: world. And so I, I called him up. Oh, I, really? We, did, we didn't have email then, but I called him up and said, hey, look, you know, I know your, produ- your guys are great producers. I'm an editor. I'm here at your service. You know, come on. Wow. Help me out here. From, right. You know, but uh, they said, no, that's okay. We got it covered, you know, and I go, oh, mm. okay, well, whatever. But <laughs> later on, I realized that that's actually a, a benediction that, They turned me down because I was able to go on Harinam, enjoy that, and I could preach on the street, and I uh, became a book distributor and uh, realized that the the taste that you get when you distribute a book to somebody was actually a higher relish, a higher taste than sitting down and cutting and pasting and editing a movie and putting through the movie all and you know i enjoyed that i can do that you know 18 hours a day right. but um the actual nectar that you feel in the heart it doesn't compare to giving transcendental knowledge to somebody mm. so i thank yadabar and Bishaga for turning me down <laughs> mm. wow and then so
0: you did book distribution, and you were a leader for some time. How many years was that until you kind of uh, led into kind
1: of, uh, actually doing videos for, for Iscon? Well, I was a Bhakta leader for, uh, I think, a couple of years. I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Just like new people coming in and kind of showing them the ropes. Showing
1: the ropes. Them We'd have Bhakta class, and then... Um, you know, help them hear their rounds properly, like if they were doing nish 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 nah, rum, 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 <laughs> I would say, um, excuse me, <laughs> you
0: yeah. know. It's interesting we don't do that anymore.
1: Yeah, no. I don't we don't know anyone some who
0: does that because yeah. it'd be it would be seeming like uh, that someone's being offensive if you're if you're kind of correcting someone like that. But if that's why they did it in the old times, that's really good. I, well, I, I I would like that if someone
1: told me that. Well, I had the authority to do it, so right. I could come up and, and fault find <laughs> without them getting uh, annoyed. You know, <laughs> yeah. actually, when I was in India, maybe four or five years ago, I, I met a devotee who was one of my bhaktas back then. Oh, really. Uh, Anutama is one of my bhaktas, by the way. Anutima, uh which the communications one? director. Really? Yeah. So he's going to help me get back to God. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But anyway, I met this other de- this other devotee who st- was still a devotee, and he was one of my bhaktas, and I kind of remember his face, but you know, this was like year, decades afterwards. Yeah. And and he came up to me. And he said listen i want to thank you Siddhanta, because when i was a new devotee and and i was always falling asleep during japa you would kindly come up and you would give me a piece of burfi from the morning offering and you would oh. it would keep me awake and you know, wow. so he, he liked that uh, that's so sweet it was you know one of the loving thing i didn't even realize it was a loving exchange but you know we know right. that that is that when you give to someone you know prasadam and you accept yeah. that that's a, a loving yeah. exchange so he remembered that over 30 40 years So that's amazing do you, do so, you see uh, any more
0: people that you were a leader to after
1: um yeah let's see if i can remember their names um, um they'll come to me okay that's <laughs> but fine. there are two or three others that are still in the movement that
0: right uh, so what was the first film that you – or how did that happen, the first film that you made or produced or, or edited
1: uh, for ISKCON specifically? Well, the first one was the, the wedding documentary. That was the right, first the one wedding back okay. in 71. But um, being in uh, Denver, um, I was a Bhakta leader, sankirtan leader, but then uh, I had started uh, giving classes at the universities and high schools. That was my program. Prior to coming to LA, where I then began this Iscon Television right. uh, production company, that Nishringananda called me and said he was starting a, a company, a production company that he wanted me. He was the one that reached out to me. Oh, okay. And said, "Look, I heard you're an editor. Uh, can you come um, and uh, be my partner?" And we became co-partners and uh, producing um, spiritual videos. For that the, was that must have been the the, music to your ears it was it was like god sent krishna right. said okay here here this here's this guy Nishringananda, and here's this guy over here in denver and Nishringananda was in la and said let's put these two rascals together and see if we can produce something you know wow uh so i said okay it was time to leave you know time to leave denver so uh went to la and uh was there, you asked me what the first one was that we edited yeah uh, yeah
0: what was the first one
1: that might be hard to remember, but uh, the one that comes to mind was um, an interview that um, that Hrida Nandamaraj gave with a guy named Ted Patrick.
0: Oh, my goodness. I love that one. That's my absolute favorite interview. Oh, wow. You produced that?
1: Well, it was shot by the, the television station, but we got right. a hold of it, and I edited it. Because and he there put was it some on
0: tape and, and on ITV, I- um,
1: you know, the, right. the headings and all that. Wow. Right. So at that time, um, we were supported by all the different temples. They kind of made a commitment to the BBT that they would send in money every month because right. we had to lease equipment. We had to lease cameras and, and editing gear,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, all these lights, microphones, etc. It's expensive.
0: Yeah. And
1: um, – and all we got was at that time, it's called DM. You know what that is? No. Devotee maintenance.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So, you know, we needed money just to pay the rent, you know, yeah. the temple there, whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the temples would send in from all over the world. They would send in monthly wow. stipends that uh, we would send invoice them and they would pay it, and they would support that. So that was, I think, the, the, what I remember was the first one that we, that I edited and uh, was well-received, you know, Rida Nanda Maharaj was fantastic in defeating oh, this demon who would uh, kidnap devotees. You know, yeah. his parents would uh, think that their children were uh, brainwashed and they would uh, hold them down in a motel room for two or three days and, you know, sleep deprive them and the, all so many different tactics. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember uh, one story that comes to mind from, uh, from the memory series. I don't know if it's time to interject one of those.
0: Please, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in
1: relationship to being uh, kidnapped, um, Devotee was kidnapped by his parents, and uh, he finally escaped and came back to the movement. And he was in the darshan with Prabhupada and Prabhupada, or he was complaining to Prabhupada, my parents did this and they took me and they hit me brainwashed and I hate my parents and I'm never going to talk to them again. Mm. And, you know, just riling on and uh, explaining how he was so frustrated and, and disturbed and angry at his parents. Yeah, and, and Prabhupada simply was listening to him. And then he sat back and said, if you cannot forgive, why live? Wow! So that was a uh, a heavy comment that uh, that we can all, you know, use in our life, whether we were kidnapped by Ted Patrick or not, or so many instances where we might feel anger towards somebody. Yeah, and uh, are holding, you know, in our heart, anger or whatever emotion that's negative. That by forgiving then we can go on living then if we can't forgive, then why live? But anyway, that was uh, one uh, video that uh, I remember producing pretty much right away. Right. Uh, because we had to take things from various sources. We hadn't shot anything yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but in, in time, we we had cameras now. And um, one major production that we did with our cameras was produce the Ramayan. Which uh, Yadavara and Shringaranda directed and shot in New Oh,
0: that one! That one's
1: great. With Loka Mangala as Ravana. Yes. And uh, Prajapati was his brother, and Nanda Kishore was. Um,
0: was it the one Lakshmi. where? Was it the one where uh, Ravana's uh, court was in that temple room at the palace? Right. Oh, that one! Oh my goodness, that one is good. Yeah. It was a one. classic.
1: It really was a classic.
0: Such, just such a classic.
1: And uh, I went, it was amazing because about two years ago, I went to France to collect some more interviews
0: uh-huh.
1: and um, went to Paris to fly there. And then I drove, flew down and drove into a community called Miraport. It's a, a town called Miraport. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a, a group of devotees, a community of devotees there. And, um, so I'm doing interviews and then they have served Prashadam. It's time to take lunch. And this young girl comes up younger to me, but she was probably 30 or something. And uh, she said, you know, Oh, I, I recognize your voice. Were you involved with the Ramayan?" And I said, yeah, I, I, I edited it. And I actually had some of my voice was there. I had the voice of Dasarath and, uh, some of the demons and, uh, (laughs) and Jatayu, I was the voice of Jatayu. But so she recognized my voice. She said, Oh yeah. She said, I grew up watching that. And I wanted to show that to my six-year-old daughter, but I, how do I get it? You know, it was like, okay. You know, she said, I watched it 10 times, 20 times or whatever it was, you know, the the source of entertainment for uh, children in that age, you know, and within ISKCON.
0: Totally. I mean, all those things, like you, even the puppet shows, you produce those as well, right?
1: Uh, Nishraing Ananda and I produced that. I edited it and uh, I was the narrator for those, but it, the main producers really were um, um, uh, Bur- Burijan. Burijan and his wife, um, Chagatarini? Ch- Chagatarini. Chagatarini, right. Yeah. Uh, it was their concept, their script. Um, and they, they, uh, you know, did the puppets yeah, and their voices true. And, um, also, um, um, uh, great actor, with great devotee from England. I'm so bad with names. He oh,
0: was, uh, I know who you're talking about, uh, he lives in Detroit.
1: Oh, lives in Detroit now. Now he lives in Detroit. Um, oh, okay. I don't know. Struggle to be. Help me. Krishna. Okay. Anyway, and the- it'll come to me anyway. He was <laughs> a brilliant actor. And so, okay. Anyway, we had I think eighteen, twenty different puppet shows, all based on um, yes. Krishna's pastimes and b- stories from the Bhagavatam. Wow! And so,
0: so then, when did the idea of doing the interviews about Prabhupada
1: come into your, you know, into your uh, mind? Uh, Nishringananda and I at one point bought new cameras, and uh, I think maybe a week or so after we got these new cameras, uh, Shruti Kirti came to our studios here in LA. And, um, you know, he was Prabhupada's servant, personal servant for two, two and a half years. And um, he's, you know, talk about having Dave. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Bad memory is Dave. Great devotee. Yes. Great. I love him. Um, so so you Kirti Prabhu came. So Shruti Kirti came to the studio and we had this new camera. We said, well, we got these new cameras. Let's test them out. And so we sat Shruti Kirti in a director's chair Turn on the camera, put a microphone on him, and he just started talking about. And you know, I I don't even know if I asked him questions, but I said, "But tell me about, you know, <laughs> what it was like being proped, sec- you know, secretary." So, those stories were like, you know, it it hit me that these are amazing stories. I enjoy them, right? And um, uh, I think others would enjoy them too. So yes. that's that was the key to the project, and and it happened about the year that ringanand and I parted ways. and so I said, well, what am I going to do? because part of our divorce settlement was that he would keep all the library and uh, I would keep the equipment mm-hmm. So he had the, the library that we'd built up over many years. And um, we also you know did coming back, reincarnation in America, these kind of documentaries that are mm-hmm. popular in the day. So he kept that as a library. So I said, what am I going to do? So I again joined the commercial video workforce. But on my save up, my on the time that I had down downtime, I uh, said, Well, let me, you know, interview somebody else that might have some nectar stories about Prabhupada. Right. And um, I can also would also like to give credit to Sasvaro because he uh, in the early days produced a little red book, I think called Nectar. Nectar of Prabhupada or
0: something. Prabhupada oh, like Nectar, that. yes. Prabhupada Nectar. I love those books.
1: So this is just an expansion of his idea. No, in other words, nothing's original in the material world. So I can't take credit for, you know, that idea that was uh, coming, from, coming from him. So I took that inspiration and, uh, and then interviewed Hrida Maharaj as one of my first interviewees, mm. um, who kindly wrote the introduction, or the not the introduction, but the… Forward, the pre- the forward to the, thank you to the books, right? Right, that have been transcribed from all the interviews that I've done. I've now produced five books. There's a little shameless promotion. Here's the uh, yeah, please, <laughs> the, amazing five fifth, books. Ed. Five books. These, this is the cover of the fifth book, uh, hmm. Prabhupada chanting Gayatri in uh, at the temple there in New Taliban, uh, New Mayapur, France. Let me let me show the so you don't have to hold that up. Let me yeah. Show it. This one here, yeah. That uh, photo was taken by Yogeshwar Prabhu, right? Captures a real meditative. I mean, that's, you know, you could meditate on that photo and uh, chant, chant your japa to that and keep focused, wow. you know, amazing.
0: So, who did all the who transcribed all the uh interviews into like text? I mean, that's a huge job.
1: It, uh, transcribing is a big job. That's one that I passed off to uh, other devotees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um so they're all accredited or given credit in the introduction not everyone that's uh, uh dina diadri is one she was a professional transcriber she did many stories uh, several books like that wow and then anyone i could find um the last uh, um couple the last couple of books uh devotee uh in belgium did it i i gave the audio and the um the video to um enough at the archives in North Carolina, and
0: All then right.
1: he he knew this devotee in Belgium that had some software to to oh. do it. I think it's called Dragon software for okay. PC that you just run the audio through and it kind of spits it out. Oh, interesting! So that interesting. was a huge job that uh, are is relatively easy now with the technology.
0: I like to ask you. I I've been doing this this interview thing. Like this is my fiftieth episode, and I feel I have. Been changed by hearing like devotees talk about their stories or talk about Prabhupada or talk about any kind of subject. Now, you've been doing this for like 31 years, 84 mm-hmm. videos, 132 hours of Prabhupada's stories. Now, how has that shaped that's, you? That's edited. <laughs> that's edited.
1: Yeah. Wow. Now, there's a lot more. I mean, I do leave some things on the floor, on the editing room floor.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: Now, how did that shape you as a person? Like, did it shape you
0: as a person? Like, as time went on and more interviews went on, did you see Prabhupada differently? Did you see yourself differently and other devotees differently? Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, how can you not uh, become inspired or change your life, you know, when you hear about the pure devotee? You know, that's the essence of these teachings is that – the the stories and the pastimes of Krishna are the same stories of a, an inspiring, and you can learn lessons from the pure devotee. It's non different.
0: Mm.
1: This is why actually Prabhupada translated the uh, the Krishna book prior to when he really wanted to. You know, he originally said, "Don't jump over all the cantos." Yeah. Before you read the tenth canto, but he wasn't sure how long he was going to live you know, being an elderly body at that time. And he wanted to impress upon his disciples that Krishna is a person. This was the main reason that he wanted to produce and print the, the Krishna book ahead of time. Because we were all impersonalists. We all think God is an energy or bright white light or we're atheists or whatever. So by presenting the Krishna's pastimes and his characteristics, we learn to develop love for him as a person. Right. So similarly, when we're hearing stories about Prabhupada, uh, these are stories that you don't normally get in a Bhagavatam class that Prabhupada yeah. gave in yeah. his lectures, and these are you know amazing stories. And when you learn more about his qualities, you know his compassion, Prabhupada's humor, his wit, his determination, his humility, all the twenty-six qualities of a pure devotee, and uh, and his humor. I've got some stories about his humor that people don't realize. But Prabhupada has a sense of humor. Tell us and, one. Tell us one. <laughs> um, um, one is uh, from Guru Das. He says that when uh, he was with Prabhupada and uh, uh, Madhiji came up and said, Oh, Swamiji, this was the early days when he was called Swamiji. Swamiji, yeah. you look so nice today. And Prabhupada said immediately, Just today. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick, quick one. You know? Right. Uh, Tri Bhuvanav Prabhu, who, you know, he's like a pure devotee, he was no yeah. longer with us too, um, so, was in the car with Prabhupada, and they were trying to impress upon Prabhupada all their uh, ability to get devotees to join the temple. And they, he said, Srila Prabhupada, one of the queen's guards has joined the temple. You know, the queen's guards with the big furry hats and everything. Right, right. And Prabhupada said, oh, so what about the queen? <laughs> <laughs> that well, wasn't he, enough. He wanted to go higher. Prabhupada yes. was the first to go higher. Yes. Um. um another one was um, when uh, Jamuna was g- getting married to Guru Das, there was a fire sacrifice.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, the fire sacrifice, you have these sticks uh, that you dip in ghee and put in the build a fire that way. Mm-hmm. but they didn't have clarified butter. they had margarine or something like that that <laughs> was not a good fire agent right. And so when Prabhupada was and he did the c- ceremony, he was the one performing lot not like Mohanananda and other devotees in the you know in the future, <clears throat> you know later on, <clears throat> excuse me later on. Because Prabhupada was everywhere and doing other things and he couldn't officiate and do so many things that uh-huh. he would say, okay, the temple president would now officiate the wedding or whatever, or the initiations. So, but this was the early days. So, Jamuna and, and Gurudas were getting married and Jamuna tells a story that when Prabhupada dipped the uh, the wood into the butter, the margarine, and tried to light it, it would go, and it wouldn't light. Mm. It wouldn't catch on fire, and Prabhupada said, Oh, this marriage will have a very slow start. <laughs> and that's not so much humor, but it's like, uh, you know, it's uh, taking what he sees, what he observes, and then right. translating that into a a meaningful lesson to be right. learned. And, right. then when, and Jamuna says, When she learned, when she heard Prabhupada say that, she said, Oh no, what have I gotten myself into? Now? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> But she went ahead with it, and, you know, they made a great team. Yeah. Um, Prabhupada, somebody somebody said to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I I must have fallen into Maya. And Prabhupada said, you're always in Maya. Sometimes you fall into Krishna. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's that's a classic story. Um, Yeah. And then the kind of... Another classic one showing Prabhupada's humor was uh, with um, Hansa Duda. I'm going to take a sip of water here. Please, yeah, me too. Hansa Duda told me the story when um, he uh, got initiated, before he got initiated, he was a little, you know, coming from Germany, he he really didn't like his name. His name growing up, his birth name was Hans Carey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For some reason, he didn't like that. And when he got around the devotees, he said, oh, I can't wait to get initiated so I can get a spiritual name. Yeah. That was just inside his heart. You know, that's something that he was dealing with. He didn't like his name. Hans Carey. So when he uh, finally got uh, to initiation with Prabhupada, he thought before he came up to get his beads and get his name, he thought that he was going to get, you know, because at that time, most of the time you're given birth name, the letter that it starts with, you'll get a spiritual name that starts with that same letter. Right. My birth name was Steve, so I got Siddhanta. Mm-hmm. Hans starts with H, so he thought he'd get a Hanuman or a Hari or something. Right. Prabhupada said, he gave him the beads and said, just add, your name is Hans Aduda. And Hans Aduda said, Hans Aduda, what's that? And Prabhupada clarified, he said, just Hans, just add the prefix, Hans Aduda. So Hans Aduda said, well, that's not a good name. He said, my <laughs> name is Hans Carey. I got Hans Aduda, Adikari. So he still got Hans Kari, Hans Kari. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, he was not happy. <laughs> and then later he he came to Prop and said, Prop, who is Hamza Duda? What is the meaning in it? And Prop yeah. said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and he was more frustrated. Hans Aduda was more frustrated. He went out and, like, oh, it doesn't know what it means. <laughs> and then, um, and then he, another week, and I'm paraphrasing, but another week or so went by and Hansa Duda went back into Prabhupada's room. This is probably in, um, in Canada, in, Tor- in uh, Toronto, in mm-hmm. Toronto, uh, no, Montreal. Sorry. That's where he had the temple, which was like a bowling alley. And he went into Prabhupada's room again. So, But Prabhupada, and again, I don't know if it was Swamiji or, Sh- or Prabhupada at that time. And there's a story about that too, but, right. um, uh, he came in and said, Prabhupada, where can I find the meaning to this name, Hamza Dutta? And Prabhupada said, "The Srimad Bhagavatam. That's all he said. He didn't give the canto or the <laughs> verse or whatever. You know. He was like leading, you know, like making it a struggle for him. And then finally there was another time that came about a year or so later where Prabhupada was having, having a darshan and he was musing about div- different devotees, in the room and musing about their names.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: you're, excuse me, you're Krishna Das, and that, that means this and that, and, and you're Sarabi Das, and that and means that. And he's naming off three or four devotees that were in the room, and Hamza Dutta was there. Finally, Prabhupada was explaining about what these names are.
0: Yeah.
1: And then Hamza Dutta said, oh, oh, Srila Prabhupada, who is Hamza Duda? And Prabhupada said, you are. <laughs> So still, that was Prabhupada's sense of humor, and and to do to recognize that that was a sense of humor wow. that he still wasn't going to give him that answer. You know,
0: how did how did your your conception of Srila Prabhupada change in the sense of so we see Prabhupada very much uh, represented by his books and what's in the Srimad Bhagavatam, what's in the purports, and that's how Prabhupada shaped to us, to us who haven't met him. But when someone like you, who has so much exposure to the interviews and who's heard all, you know, more than one hundred and thirty-two hours—that's just what came on the video. But thousands of hours, I assume. How has he developed in in your eyes from being a Prabhupada who's like very stern and strict to someone who
1: has that kind of liberal side? Uh, It's revealing, and it's like. um we have to understand that Prabhupada is just just not the heavy guru on the on the Vyasa san. Right. He has that. He has to present that as the teacher. He has to like beat this philosophy and in, uh, into our brains and our hearts. You know, we were impersonalists when we came to him, or atheists, and um, so we have to have that portion of that teaching. We he we need that side of a guru, but yeah. at the same time. Um, we have to, we learn from these stories that Prabhupada is a person. He's just not a heavy guru, but he has a, a personality that we can develop love and attachment for. And yeah. that, that is revealed in these stories. And it's, it's similar to someone actually, Jai Chaitanya just emailed me two days ago and said, I love these stories. It's just like the Bible. And it is because we learn, you know, in Christians, we learn about Jesus and the love that he had for his, you know, disciples and and everyone, you know, feeding them and would be forgiving and so many different attributes that you say, God, I, I want to be a Christian. I want Jesus, is my savior. Right. And in the same vein, here's Prabhupada, who is a pure devotee, who we say, at least on the same level of Jesus, he's come to teach love of God. Yeah. Lord Chaitanya, that is the message. And so how do we develop love for Prabhupada? By reading these stories about him that develop, that show us and tell us so many ways that he was kind to his devotees, how he was merciful, how he was uh, lenient. Uh, He showed humility. He showed so many different qualities that are so attractive. How can you not develop love for this kind of person? When you know these things, just like in the material world, if you're going to have a relationship, like even an arranged marriage, you sit down and you say, "Okay, what do you like? Do you like uh, to eat this? Do you like that?" Or you know, carmies even do that. You know, do you like this kind of movie? Do you like to dance, or do you like this kind of music? Or you find out about what the other person's likes and characters are. Do you are, are you a compassionate person? Are you do you have a sense of humor? You know, all these things that even just on a material level. Uh, is natural for us. So it's natural for us to want to know what are those loving qualities that Prabhupada had and how did he show those? And yeah. then when we learn about those things, then we can develop love for him. Sometimes it's easier to remember Prabhupada than it is Krishna. I mean, Krishna, who has seen Krishna except for maybe the pure devotee, you know, in reality, seeing him face to face. And it reminds me of the story that Gauranga t- told me how in Mexico City, Prabhupada was giving a lecture, one of those Sunday feast lectures, and again they opened it up to you know Q and A afterwards, mm-hmm. and the um, and Prabhupada was talking about the Gita and Krishna saying, and I'm summarizing his forty five minute lecture into one per part, but the essence was that if you can think of Krishna at the time of the death, you will attain him. This is the Gita. So a, de- a woman, a lady who was not a devotee, but a lady in the community came and she an- raised her hand and asked the question, Srila um, Prabhupada, you've been explaining how if we think of Krishna at the time of death, that we will attain him and go to the spiritual world then. I said, yes. What will happen if I think of you at the time of death? Will that have the same effect? Prabhupada sat, sat back just for a moment and meditated on that and said yes that will have the same effect that wow is very nice wow so if we can't focus you know our atheistic or impersonalist heart on Krishna, and who knows i mean the, the the artists are like incredible artists they've given us the most amazing you know uh mirror to the uh what is it the, window windows window the to the, spiritual, to the world. spiritual world thank you Right, right <laughs> so they've given us that but is it, does Krishna look like this artist rendering? Is it, you know, is it this color? You know, but here we can have the pure devotee and so many stories about him that if we're thinking of him at the time of death, that if it's easier for us, for me, you asked me about my personal thing. For me, it'll be easier because I was also personally with him on morning walks, etc. So for me, that is more easily attainable if I can focus my mind on Prabhupada at the time of death. So these stories, all these anecdotes contained within the memory series in the video form or in the book form, one can learn about Prabhupada. For devotees, Prabhupada disciples that weren't able to have that personal association and of the 5,000 devotees that were there in, the, in those 11, 12 years of Prabhupada was here to initiate, not everyone had the opportunity like I had in so many others to be on those morning walks or have those darshan's, yeah, you know. um, And so here's the opportunity to get the lessons and the realizations they learned by hearing these oral histories. So these oral histories are very significant in, for that purpose, you know, to uh, develop attachment for Prabhupada.
0: That's really amazing. I mean, for those of us who didn't meet him, like you said, like we're able to associate – and to kind of get a little glimpse into what it was like to be in his presence and i think that's inc- so incredibly valuable to the point where some devotees actually joined from r- watching these interviews like uh, for example yeah. that that uh just the other day J- my friend jay jagannath prabhu he said after he became a devotee he watched all the memories uh 12 hours a day for like a week and he said that kind of shaped him in the coming times, uh, as a devotee, just to, just to hear what Prabhupada was like, what he liked, what he didn't like, what his reaction were to different things, different situations. I mean, that's a very very valuable. And and I mean, I I I mean, I can't thank you enough. And be, I mean, the whole society is just
1: super grateful to you for 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 doing that. Uh, well, I love the feedback, and and hopefully it doesn't go to my head. But it's not me. I mean, I'm just the facilitator. It's really all the devotees I've interviewed. It's their stories that I'm just, you know, sharing. So, uh, But thank you for that. Uh, it reminded me of um, a Bhakta, Brian, no, Brad, Bhakta Brad came up to me about a year ago before COVID hit, where I would go to the temple here in L.A. on Saturday and Sunday and show the memories while they ate prasadam. So just before they honored prasadam that morning, this devotee, Bhakta Brad, Brahmacharya came up, said, Siddhanta, Siddhanta, I have to tell you something. I said, What? He said, I joined this movement because I watched all of your memories on YouTube. I didn't read one book. I just joined because of hearing all these stories. Amazing. So I said, wow, thank you for sharing <laughs> And he's now um, a disciple of Giriraj Maharaj, and he just took second initiation. He's now Das, I think i mean the, the just
0: just that in itself makes the whole thing incredibly successful that you know people join just because of watching these interviews. I'd like to
1: well, i before like you, before you go on, let me just hey, add yeah, one please. thing before I forget sure. so again it's it's not you know I thank you for the feedback and I, it does help me carry on you know and I yes. thank everyone for acknowledging that but which makes my day in, gives me the impetus, inspires me to collect more memories. But it's really that Prabhupada is there in these oral histories. Right, It's it's like a scientific, a spiritual scientific evidence that Prabhupada said, you know, when asked by a reporter, what will happen when you die? Prabhupada said, I will never die. I will live forever in my books. So I'm finding that Prabhupada is also living in these oral histories, in the lessons that he's instructions that he's given just on morning walks that we won't find or hear and and in, in the lectures from the bhagavatam class and he lives in his uh in the qualities that, that the devotees exhibit and will you know relate and what they yeah. realize you know that that's Prabhupada. Prabhupada is there. Yeah. And and another symptom that I think in the nectar devotion when you when you can read and hear something over and over again and not grow tired of it. Niche saving up I forget my Sanskrit. I'm not a very good scholar, but when you can hear something over and over again, then you know it's spiritual, right? So I've been told that you know devotees can hear these stories over and over again and not grow tired of them. So that's just an example, a symptom that Prabhupada is contained within these oral histories.
0: Yes, yes. his presence is felt when you listen to it. And if you listen to them over and over and you listen to uh, many, then you can kind of, sh- in at least for me, it was, you can kind of shape, you can, uh, become, comes becomes very much alive to someone when they hear that about yeah. them, them.
1: They go into a, kind of a, a regression. You know, there's this new, you know, new age technology where a hypnotist will take somebody back, right. You know, to their early days and try to find out what they're, why they're having a, um, you know, bad behavior or, or psychotic uh, symptoms. But so, right. but when I interview somebody, it's kind of like that where I can actually see their face and their whole body go back in time to when they were on that morning walk with Prophet. Wow! And they're like, they're there, you know, and I'm kind of taken back in there. I'm there 30 <laughs> years ago, you know, right. I'm on that walk. Cause I mean, the devotees are amazing because they, they can describe it so well. And the, yeah. the, the description is very visual that I'm taken back to um, to India, uh, morning walk like um, Swarup told the story that's in the latest volume too. He's a great storyteller, great devotee too. I love Swaroop. but he was um, he describes how he's on a morning walk in India, and it was summertime and it was so hot and just miserable. You know, I don't know if you've been to India before, but it's yes. you know, and it's not like uh, Cancun or anything, but uh, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> So anyway, you have to be you know, pretty spiritually elevated to live there for any length of time. But anyway, it was a miserable day, hot, humid, and flies were coming around him. Couldn't get rid of the flies. And he was so frustrated and angry with the flies. So on the morning walk, he's next to Prabhupada. Prabhupada, are there flies in this spiritual world? And Prabhupada <laughs> said, yes, but they're not bothersome like they are here. And when they buzz, they're chanting Hare Krishna. Wow. <laughs> so how would you know that unless you heard the story from Sarup about right. flies? You know, you won't hear that from a bhagav. Generally speaking, you wouldn't. Yes. I've never yep. read that in the in the books, but um right. That's the essence, that's the you know, the importance of having a pure devotee on the planet. Mm. Not right. only is the Shakti there, but you're able to ask Prabhupada, you know, particular questions and get the right answer. There might be some confusion. Like Ranchor told me. Who's also a dear, dear godbrother? Uh, I was he let me stay at his house when I went to the UK
0: mm-hmm.
1: in, in Glastonbury, right. Uh, right? Great wife, too, to uh and allow us to uh, stay there. But um, he tells the story that when he was uh with Prabhupada and Prabhupada was giving class, and then Prabhupada asked him to um to stand up and speak and say something, yeah, Prabhupada would often, often not often, but sometimes do that. You know, to have his disciples to show that that it's just not Prabhupada, it's the knowledge. And we're pat, like the mailman passing down and giving the, the letter unopened. So we're doing our job perfectly. So he wanted, sometimes wanted to see how his disciples would, you know, preach and see if they were on point. So this time Ranchor said, okay, he got up a little nervously. But he said, um, the first thing he, he recounted to me was that he said, uh, this... Material world is a place of happiness and distress. Prabhupada immediately cut him off. He said, "No, only distress." Uh-huh. So, I previously hearing before hearing that story, I was thinking that it is concomitant factors of happiness and distress. We're going to hear that philosophy. You know, there yes. is some sense gratification, and there's some. Prabhupada said, "No, it's only distress." <laughs> so that's hammering down the point. This is not our home. Yes. Krishna, you know, this Goloka Vrindavan, that is our home.
0: Mm.
1: So that was one point. And then he said that um, in that same address, he said, okay, uh, he, he understood that. And then he says to the audience, the group of people that he's speaking to with Prabhupada there, uh, when you're Krishna, uh, you chant Hare Krishna, you are attracting Krishna to you. And Prabhupada cut him off said, no, when you chant Hare Krishna, Krishna is immediately with you. Mm. And that's an interesting point that without this oral history, you know, you wouldn't understand or get that. And that what I realized from that was that, okay, well, I better be serious when I'm chanting my japa. That Krishna is actually there and it's just not some rote mechanical thing. That I'm actually not only asking Krishna to come toward, but he's there with us. Right it's not like a means to an end, but it's actually the end. He's it is. there in that sound vibration. Right, yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's the, you know, how would you get that if Prabhupada hadn't told him that? How would you get that? Yeah. if without Prabhupada, the pure devotee being on the planet, you know, Krishna sent him for to us, you know?
0: Right. I'd like to ask you about like uh, the, some of the interviews uh, in spe- specifically, like what, What's one of them that's that shocked you the most? Like when they said that, you're just like, I've never heard that. That's like unbelievable.
1: <laughs> an unbelievable one? I'll tell you an unbelievable one. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot, but one comes to mind. I mean, there's over 2,500 stories within the series. Wow. So to, to pick out one is, you know, I mean, every year I come, try to come up with the, the top 10, you know, best of. Yeah. So I've, I've got about seven or eight discs, DVDs that are, you know, the best of. But anyway, um, this one is kind of like an unbelievable one that uh, is told by Shama Shundra Prabhu. Uh, also, you know, very, very dear disciple of Prabhupada. And he's uh, also a great author, Chasing, Rhin- uh, Chasing Rhinos with a Swami is yeah. his book. But he told me the story when I interviewed him in Vrindavan at the MBT years ago. And um, he um, described how the, uh, when he had uh, developed a relationship with the Beatles, primarily George Harrison, mm-hmm. that uh, Prabhupada told him prior to this one meeting that he had with Prabhupada that he's told, the, you know, Makunda and Shamashundar and, uh, Shama and the, the seven devotees, Malati and Jamuna who Gurudasa went to England, once they developed a relationship with the Beatles, just to give them, just get them, Prasadam, give them books, give them. Don't ask for anything. You know this is yeah. not our position. We shouldn't be beggars. But at this time, Prabhupada just trans or, or finished translating the Krishna book, but didn't have the money to print it. Right. Didn't have it was nineteen thousand dollars to print it. Didn't have the money to print it. So he asked shamashundar to go to George Harrison to ask for this donation. Right. And and Shama said, "No, Srila Prabhupada, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, you told us just to give him, give him, and he didn't want to be the beggar to George Harrison. You know, because he he was a friend. They were they became buddies. Right. You know, that uh, you just don't really want to ask your friend for money in that in that sense. You know, and so that was, amount was a big amount, a huge amount at that time. Yeah." And uh, Prabhupada, you know, and Samasindra, oh, I don't know, Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, don't worry, Krishna will help you. <laughs> and then he sent him on his way. So he had the order, He had the direction from the pure devotee, from his spiritual master. What are you going to do? You have to. What are you going to do?
0: Yeah.
1: So there was one evening shortly thereafter where he had um, uh, dinner with uh, George Harrison and um, David Wynne, who was a sculptor laureate of England. He had made the bus, the sculpture, the bus of the Queen Elizabeth and so many other, you know, uh, politicians, etc. So that day he, Shamashunda went with George and David went to pick out some marble for the altar. Now, whether it was Berry Place or the manor, I, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. But he had just spent a huge amount of money, thousands of dollars to get this huge piece, piece of huge piece of marble for the altar already. Yeah. that day. And now he's like faced with the, the chore of asking George for more. Yeah. So they're having dinner. It's late at night. They finally finish their dinner. And he's like so interesting. Okay, how am I going to get up the nerve to do this? And what am I going to say? Because I have the order of the spiritual master. I have to ask him for it. So after dinner, they finish late at night and uh, he takes George aside and said, uh, George, Srila Prabhupada asked me to ask you something. He made Prabhupada the bad guy. That's how he describes it because he didn't want to say, well, I need the money, but Prabhupada and, you know, George loved Prabhupada. So, Shama Shindra said, George, uh, George, Prabhupada wanted to ask me if you could help print the Krishna book. It's just been translated, but we don't have the money to print it. And uh, and as Shama Shingra is telling him this, he could see George's face. Go, oh, God, here we go. Here's just another group asking oh, me God. for money. This is the facial expression that he's getting from George. Yeah, And he and he says, and then Shama Shindra says, and it's $19,000 to print it. And we just, you know, at this time, he could see his eyes roll up in his head. You know, George is like rolling his eyes like, oh, my God. You know here they go. They're just hitting me up again, just like these other groups. And just at that moment, when George was rolling his eyes up in his head, thinking, obviously thinking, oh my God, here's just another group. There was a bolt of lightning that struck and the sound was simultaneous. And the lightning struck the house. And all the lights went out. Oh my gosh! You know when when you see lightning and then you count, you know one one thousand, two one thousand. Right. Then then you hear the thunder. Thunder. Right. That's how many miles away the lightning actually was. Well, the lightning and the thunder sound was simultaneous. Oh, it actually hit the okay. house and, and turned and you know got rid of all the, <laughs> the power in the house. And they <laughs> were standing there. Shamashender and George Harrison are standing there in his house. It might have been David Wynn's house. I forget whose house they were in, but the light went out. And they were standing in darkness for five, ten minutes without saying anything. They were silent. They were like bewildered. Finally, the lights come on. Immediately, George says to Shama well, how much was it then? <laughs> so George is a very spiritual guy. Yeah, He knows that that was a sign from Krishna, like, don't think like this. This is the pure devotee. <laughs> He's asking you, surrender. And uh, of course we know in the in the Krishna book, you have George's yes, you know, nice comments right. as an inter, as a preface or an introduction to it, and he signs it. Um, All things must be or no? What do he say? All there is is love. Yes, George, George Harrison. Wow,
0: amazing! I have a comment here from a devotee, uh, my friend Anantacharya from England. He says it was Buried Place, and Radha and still stand on the same marble base. Wonderful! Wow. Thank you, Amit. Thank you. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, wh- what about uh, what about a your favorite interview? Which one is your favorite? Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's you're hard. Gonna, you're going to get me in trouble that. here. <laughs> your personal favorite.
1: That's so hard.
0: Maybe maybe not I'll, the specific one, but I'll maybe, tell, maybe. I'll, tell one devotees, I'll tell you one that a lot of devotees.
1: Have, I'll tell you one that a lot of devotees have told me. Sure. That they like a lot, and and, you know, out of the thousands, but um, this one is uh, told by Vamanajan. And uh, he tells a story about when he joined the movement, he joined with a friend of his, who, who was, they were buddies together before they joined the movement. And when they joined, his name became Bhaskar. And when they joined the movement, they did everything, together their services kind of coincided along the way and they uh do you know the story you know where i'm going no. with this one okay. no, no no i don't all right i'm gonna another simple smiling
0: because i i love hearing about this uh, they're just fantastic i love it's like bringing back all these i mean i hadn't heard heard them in a long time just to just hear them again it is like rekindling my attraction for hearing it again
1: okay yeah good um so anyway they joined the temple together they did services together, and there was one point in Nuvrindavan when there was a lot of uh, hooligans and uh, ruffians that would uh, attack the devotees and uh, yeah, yeah. cause trouble. And so there was a time where they said, okay, we got to have a bodyguard. They even carried weapons. You know, they didn't. They were When Prabhupada came there, they were protecting him in that way. They were bodyguards.
0: Yeah.
1: So at that time in Vrindavan, they had bodyguards that were like... You know, uh, one person would do it for 24 hours a day, and that was, like, ridiculous. You know, you need sleep during the day. So they realized, okay, let's split this up into three eight-hour sessions, uh, segments for one devotee to be a bodyguard for eight hours, and then the next guy will be a bodyguard, blah, blah, blah. So they became Prabhupada's bodyguards, and uh, specifically in L.A., Bhaskar had the, the morning shift, and then um, Vamanajan had, the I think, the evening shift. But after one of the shifts um, that Bhaskar had, he came to his friend, Vamanajan. he said, you know, I've been observing Prabhupada. I'm being his, you know, we're his bodyguard. And I've been observing him and that you could set your watch to him. Prabhupada is so regular that you could set your watch to uh, you know, okay, he gets up and this time, and he chants this time, and he goes on a morning walk at this time. Wow. You know, he goes to the temple room at this time. I mean, it's, it's a fact. He really could because he was so regulated, which is an ex- another example. As an acharya, that's how we should, you know, s- you know, set our life to, you know, that type of uh, regularity. It, it helps calm the mind and the heart. So anyway, he comes to uh, John Bhaskar does, and says, you know, I've noticed that when Prabhupada comes back from his morning walk, that he, when he comes to the temple, he takes his slippers off at the door before entering the temple, goes into the temple, sits on the vyasas or uh pays his obeisances to the deities, sits on the Vyasa and gives class, comes back, puts on his slippers, walks up the stairs. Here in LA, his quarters are upstairs, right above the temple room. Right. Okay. So you walk up the stairs. And then, when he walks up the stairs before he enters his room, he takes off his slippers and leaves them at the foot of the door, so he doesn't wear his shoes in this in the inside his room. Right? You know, he's taught us that cleanliness. So, uh, Vamana John says yes. So he said, "Well, I've noticed who makes these slippers, the manufacturers, and I noticed the size that Prabhupada wears, and I've gone out." And bought an exact pair just like that. And Vamana John said, "Yeah, but you're bigger than he is. Why would you get a pair of slippers the same size? You don't, you won't fit into those." Right. He said, "I know, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, when Prabhupada comes in the next day, comes in the temple room. He's going to leave his shoe, the slippers, outside the temple room door. And then when he, and then when he goes into the class, I'm going to." replace the slippers that I just bought, same make, same size, and then I'll take his slippers. And then when Prabhupada comes out of the temple room, he'll put on my slippers, walk up the stairs, leave those slippers outside his bedroom, (laughs) and then I'll take the slippers, his original slippers, and then replace them for the ones that I bought that he would have worn at least once. Right. So I would have a pair of prashadam. I mean right. to have slippers with the feet of the pure devotee. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, that's that's some priceless. Tr- that's Prashadam, you know. Right. So he said, Wow. Vaminajan said, Wow, that's an interesting idea. I like that. He <laughs> said, Tell you know, after you do it, tell me where I should buy my shoes. I want to do that too. <laughs> so Vamanajan, uh so Bhaskar. Does does it, and then the next day, Vamana says, so, where do I get my shoes?" And Bhaskar says, "No, you shouldn't do it." He said, "What do you mean you shouldn't? No, you shouldn't do it." And Vamana John said, "Yeah, well, you got your slippers. Now you don't want to share. You know, you don't want me to have my share." He said, "No, no, you really shouldn't do it." And he and, and Vamana John said, "Well, what happened?" And Bhaskar said, "Well, I put my slippers out there, and when Prabhupada walked into the temple room." And I got his slippers. Prabhupada came back from the class, out of the temple room, put on my slippers that I had just bought, walked up the stairs, and walked right into his quarters. Didn't take the slippers off at the sh- at, you know at the doorway for his quarters. <laughs> and so Bhaskar is going, oh, my God, what do I do now? You know? Right. And he's sitting, you know, at the top of the stairs, a little foyer, there's a little... Uh, place where you can chant, you know. So he's out there. He's right outside Prabhupada's door chanting Hare Krishna. He doesn't know what to do now because he's got these pairs of slippers that Prabhupada wore, but he wasn't able to exchange them. Right. Because Prabhupada left, walked into this room with them. So as he's chanting there, he tells Vamana that a sannyasi came out right afterwards and said, are you Bhaskar? And he says, yes. He said, Srila Prabhupada has a message for you. He goes, I oh don't know, Hare Krishna. <laughs> like he's in for it now. Right. He says, well, Prabhupada says, thank you very much for the new slippers. You And secondly, you may keep the old slippers. But more importantly, it is not nice to play tricks on the spiritual master. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's fantastic. So, you know, you look at what is, what can I derive from that? So not only do I learn that lesson not to play tricks on the spiritual master, but if you go a little deeper, like when Prabhupada told me that when he chants Hare Krishna, he feels no fear, and I realized in my heart that he must be like this with Krishna. Mm -hmm. You know, Prabhupada is not a magician that he can, you know, when he's reading minds, which he can do, and he's done many times, but that's coming from super soul, Krishna is like saying, okay, here's this guy out here just played it. You know, how would he know otherwise? Mm. And there are other stories like that too, where, you know, uh, he shows that he's uh, not an ordinary human being.
0: Wow. That's fantastic. Out of the 5,000 disciples of Shila Prabhupada, how many have you interviewed?
1: I haven't counted them one by one, but I think it's over 400. It's close to, it's going on 500 now. So maybe 10%. Wow.
0: Are there. Is there someone that you really would like to interview, but you but either you can't get in touch
1: with them, you don't know where they are, or they refuse to in, get interviewed by you? Uh, funny thing you should mention, yes. Uh, there's one devotee that um, I've been trying for 25, 30 years is uh, Siddha Sarupananda. Oh, right. He's not going to do it. He doesn't want to do it? No. Interesting.
0: I've tried. <laughs> I, I remember I contacted you about Adi Keshev- was it Adikeshav? yeah Adi Keshav prabhu who is a who is a professor in a university now mm-hmm. at university where my neighbor who who who's who lives across the street he's also a devotee he works at the same university that Adikeshav prabhu is a professor mm-hmm. so i told so he told me that this the person is there so as i told you that i contacted him and i said hey you want to come on my podcast and stuff and he was like Hare krishna prabhu um i'm sorry i don't i wouldn't like to and, and you were telling me that you've been trying to get him as well.
1: Well, I emailed him. I found out his uh, contact information. Right, right. But uh, he didn't respond. So It's a shame. But, it's a shame when... It happens. It happens, you know? right. Yeah. Uh, it took me, and, th- and no disrespect to Rameshwar, took me about 20, 25 years for him to come around oh, to, wow. m- to my request. Uh, Bhagavan, I just interviewed Bhagavan. It took him a couple decades to come around.
0: Uh, right.
1: so, you know, I can only ask so many times and then Krishna's in their heart and when they're ready, you know, then, then they can they can contact me. Uh, right. Rupanuga is one who, uh, oh, refused, God. refused me actually in person request, but finally, uh, he's also agreed. And I was oh, going, God. I actually bought my ticket to Florida. He's in Alachua uh-huh. and, um, COVID hit. So I had to oh. put that ticket on hold. So I'm waiting and, uh. He's waiting to be interviewed also. So he's wow. a willing participant now. That's
0: wonderful. You know which other video that I like is um, Bhavananda on Broadway.
1: You were, yeah, in, you were in that, right?
0: You were, yeah. the, you were, yeah. you were posing as like
1: the. the I was party. the, yeah, I was the interviewer, newsman, <laughs> skeptic. <laughs> yes. um, well, before <laughs> okay. that became, came Bhavananda in Hollywood. Oh, yes, Bavananda in Hollywood, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was also a classic at that time.
0: Um, that, those, are, those are fantastic. Can we find all of those on YouTube?
1: Um, well, you, you can in one sense um, because we used, um, for example, Bavananda in Hollywood, we used, I used, I was the one that selected the music, um, the Eagles in California. Hotel California, the soundtrack right. for that uh, album right, was right, the right. soundtrack behind the, a lot of our traveling shots. You know, yes. I was driving, driving my Volvo, <laughs> as Bavananda sat next to me. <laughs> yes. So that was the traveling music. So that we didn't, we never cleared the rights for that music. Oh, I see. So YouTube is very—they're um, like on top of it now. So right. if you don't have the rights to a particular soundtrack or music, they'll They'll delete. Actually, they deleted the entire audio for that one. Um, so you can see me and Bhavananda there in mm. Hollywood or in New York, um, but you may not be able to hear us.
0: I see, I see. I'm not sure
1: about Bavananda in Broadway, mm-hmm. um, but th- that might be there. There was another one, they brought me on. I, t- I selected music from um, um, some classic uh, composers. Vivaldi was one of them, Mm -hmm. and uh, for one of the chase scenes where after Ram, uh, Ravana captures, you know, steals, kidnaps Sita, and uh, Ram and Lakshman are running through the forest trying to find Sita. Yeah. So there's like a minute, you know, we have, they film different scenes, you know, different scenes, I go right here and there. So during that chase sequence, I use Vivaldi. It's very, you know. Emotional. Yeah. And um, and I posted that on YouTube. The whole thing got on. The whole video came on except for that one chasing oh. YouTube because it's um, BMI or one of the owners to that particular piece Yeah, told YouTube, hey, delete that piece. Right. So you have to be careful in that regard. So I can't guarantee about um, Bavananda on Broadway.
0: Right. What's the future now? Now that you've done these, you know, 132 hours, 82, 84 videos, what's the future? Are you continuing to, to, to do this or, you know, taking your energy elsewhere? Or what's going on now?
1: Well, I have uh, enough interviews currently that I've done over the last couple of years that I have not edited yet. Oh, OK. So I've got one or two of those in the uh, on the editing bay. And then uh, I do plan to interview Rupanuga. I am going to back to New York to interview Yogeshwar again. He says he has some more stories to tell. Oh, wow. And uh, Rabindra Sarup, who is on the series, but not in-depth in interview that I want to yeah. uh, engage him with. So that'll take up two or three more videos. So that's there. But after this series might come to an end, then uh, my... Desires to have a video series called Sankirtan Stories. Oh, where I have uh, devotees. I interviewed Drumilla, for example, a couple mm-hmm. years ago, and uh, I produce even a couple of DVDs of his stories. Incredible. You know, he's a, an amazing devotee and a Sankirtan. He's a warrior and tells some amazing miracle stories, you know, about uh, being on Sankirtan and, and, uh, what can happen if, if you try and just go the extra mile and, and, you know, beat the mind with a shoe and go out there and distribute a book? Krishna will reward you with an, an amazing story that you could tell that could be inspiring for other potential or current book distributors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have a couple of stories, part of the memory series that are similar to Sankraton stories mm-hmm. that are like that. Um, one was, uh, Divyunga. I don't know. Are we okay on time? Yeah, we're quite, we're okay on time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I could read one from Divyunga. Yeah, sure. Who's like, you know, a lot of people say, well, why don't you ask Julie, really, um, um, ask, put a, make a lot of devotees ask me, well, why don't you have a series called, uh, how I joined the Hari Krishna movement. Right. And, um, that's a thought, but I'm not going to do that because generally, they're the same kind of stories in essence. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm distressed, I'm in need of money, I'm inquisitive, I'm in search of knowledge. <laughs> That's yeah. basically the bottom line to it all. Some circumstances are a little different other, than others. But yeah. this one <clears throat> from Divyanga, and I'm going to grab the water again. Sure. Generally, I like to tell stories <clears throat> just on my own kind of like uh, retell them because I've heard them so much. But this one, I'll tell reading from the book. And this is actually the transcription from my interview with Divyonga, who is still distributing Prabhupada's books, by the way. Wow. So this is an interesting story, how he joined the movement. And it's also a combination of a sankirtan story. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, that's why I'm reading it, because you asked. Yes. <clears throat> The first time I saw Srila Prabhupada was at the San Francisco airport. However, I had joined the movement, but actually I joined a van. I was 17 years old and living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, when I saw a van full of devotees pull up at a gas station. I knew there was a big Moody Blues concert going to happen down the street. So I told my friend, hey, I'm going to get a ride with them. He he, He said, I'm not, or his friend said, I'm not riding with those guys. So I ran over to the van, just thinking, I'm gonna get a ride to the concert. I said, you guys going to the concert? He said, yeah, get in. I got in the van and Murgendra handed me a Gita, a Nectar Devotion and a Bhagavatam. He piled me up and said, give a donation. I happened to have 90 bucks in in my pocket. So I pulled out a 20 and gave it to him. They were all in dhoti's and wearing tilak. And when we got to the concert, we had a kirtan in the van for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. After the kirtan, they all put on plain clothes and wigs. They said, we're going to distribute this this incense and these books at this concert. Would you like to help us? Divyunga, who was Dan, I think his name was Dan at the time. I could be wrong, sorry, Divyonga. Would you like to help us? And he said, I said, sure. I'm speaking now, I'm first person now. I, I said, okay, sure. So they gave me a big pile of incense and some little books and we were standing there giving people incense and saying, give a donation for Bangladesh. (laughs) That was the line back then, you know, George Harrison (laughs) and his concert for Bangladesh. My my friends were coming up going, what the hell? What are you doing? (laughs) Anyway, I was giving out books and incense uh, and people were giving donations. I had a ticket to the concert and I sold it. And everybody went in the concert, the devotee, and after everybody went in the concert, the devotee said, Well, we're going to the temple. You want to come with us? I said, Okay, because for some reason I was attracted to this. The temple in Detroit was about 50 miles away from Ann Arbor. And when we got there, Govardhan came down to greet us. I was a macrobiotic at the time, eating brown rice and miso soup. But when I got there, Govardhan handed me a maha plate. On that Maha plate were puris with powdered sugar, halava, gulab jamins, and hot milk. He said, here. I hadn't eaten anything like that for about a year. And when I saw it, it was like, wow. I ate the whole plate. And then we went to bed. They said, we're going to wake up kind of early, so don't be surprised. It seemed like I had just laid down. And the next thing I knew, they were clanging cartels in the Brahmachari ashram, which was in the basement of the temple. I went to Mongol Arctic, and they wrapped me in a dhoti and put some tilak on my head. Afterwards, I said, can you take me back to Ann Arbor today? Prabhanu, who was the party leader, said, sure, we can take you back. On the way to Ann Arbor, he said, but uh, you want to stop and distribute a few more books before we get there? So we stopped and we did Bhagavad Gita's. We went to a Pier 1 store and the manager said we could do it. I couldn't believe it. He said, sure. We put cases of Bhagavad Gita's right in the foyer of his store. There were two doors and he let us stand there for hours and sell Bhagavad Gita's. By the time the day was over, Mergendra said, you still want to go back to Ann Arbor? I said, uh, let's just go to the temple. <laughs> I did that for maybe four days. Finally, we were driving around doing sankirtan the fourth day and Prabhupada said, you don't mind if we don't go back to Ann Arbor, do you? I said, no, I don't care. And off we went to Cleveland, which was the temple they were from. So I joined and just never left. That was uh, what, that Devyanga says, that was what happened to me. <laughs> Wow. So he, he joined a van. Amazing. Um, and then the other sankirtan story that's in the memory series was told by Shruti Kirti recently when I interviewed him uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, he describes how he, is, um, he was giving a class here in L.A., excuse me, giving a class about Prabhupada. He gives great classes. Yeah. Again, you know, talking about his time with Prabhupada. And he describes how one time he was on an airplane with Prabhupada. And generally speaking, Prabhupada, not all the time, but at this time, Prabhupada was on the aisle seat. In the middle was Shruti Kirti next to him. And on the aisle, what did I say? Prabhupada was window seat. Middle was Did I say that? Yeah. Uh, was prob- window. Yeah. Prabhupada was window seat, Shruti Kirti in the middle, and on the aisle next to Shruti Kirti was Paramahamsa Swami. Mm. And um, generally, the, the the method was that after they took off that Prabhu was hungry. He would like ask for prasadam then. So yeah. at this time, the, the ladies at the temple, wherever they were leaving from, had prepared uh, puffed rice which is cooked rice and puffed rice and the acetita and some other spices on it. The Prabhupada liked that very much. Hmm. So right after they took off, Prabhupada said, so Prashad, and then Sridhar would get out the tiffin or whatever, he, the container had the puffed rice and he would put the puffed rice on Prabhupada's plate. Prabhupada honored the Prashadam. And then he said, so? And then that was the indication, the cue for them to take Prashad, which was the remnants from Prabhupada's plate. Right. And then he would like, then Shruti Kirti would take Prabhupada's remnants, pour half on his plate and half on Paramahamsa Swami's plate. As they're eating, the flight attendant, back then they called them stewardesses. I have to be careful because my daughter, Rainika, is a flight attendant. So I have to be careful. We don't call them stewardess anymore. Right, right. <laughs> you have to be politically correct on that. So the f- lady flight attendant came down the island, and and she was in first class. She came comes down. They were in coach. And she looks kind of quizzi- quizzically at the, what they're eating. And she leans over Parmahamsa and reaches out and grabs a handful of puffed rice. This is Maha Maha Prashadam, okay, from Shudakirti's plate and and right. eats it, doesn't, oh doesn't even ask him, oh, can <laughs> I have some of that, she just comes out, oh, oh, hmm, well, that's good, I like that, and, and she said, I don't know, if she said, are you vegetarian, but it came out that um, she learned that they were vegetarians, so she said, well, can I get you something from the from first class, I can get you, and then Shruti Kirti, yes, Prabhupada, he, uh, Shruti Kirti was like the translator, so Shruti Kirti said, uh, Shrila Prabhupada, would you like anything from first class? And then it came out, comes out that she was, oh, I can get you milk. I can get you some fruit and other things. And, she, and then Prabhupada says, yeah, some hot milk is nice. So Shruti Kirti is telling this particular pastime in the class. It was uh, uh, during here in L.A. during a Prabhupada festival. Yeah. So they're all Prabhupada pastimes, generally speaking. And then after the class, Shruti Kirti told me that after the class uh, he had finished, and a devotee, proper disciple, came up to him and said, Can I tell you a story? And Shruti Kirti said, Sure, I love to hear stories too. So this devotee told Shruti Kirti that he was distributing books in Brazil and um in dotees. They were in dotees, and generally they would you know preach around in a, like the plaza, the city center, and where they would congregate and do chanting Harinam. Yeah. Where, you know, the church was or something. That's generally where people congregate in the plaza center. Yeah. And then they would go out to the forest and the, the countryside and distribute Prabhupada's books in shaved head devotees like this. So one day this devotee comes upon a door himself, by himself, knocks on the door, and a lady opens the door and she says, Oh, Hare Krishna. And this guy in the middle of the forest out of nowhere Here's someone, how does this person in Brazil, they've never been there before, know okay. Hare Krishna? She says, come on in. And he enters, and there's Prabhupada's books, there's pictures of Prabhupada all over the place. And she, and he says, well, how do you know about in the middle of Brazil? How do you know about Krishna and how do you know about Prabhupada? You got pictures up here of Prabhupada. She said, well, a long time ago, I was a flight attendant for this particular airlines, and your Swami your guru was on this plane and i and i ate some of his Maha prashadam. that's unbelievable yeah that's one of the unbelievable stories that's totally un- so what? you never know where a book is going to land or where you're going to find a devotee oh
0: my gosh that's wow what a story
1: so I'm, lo- I'm looking, i'm looking excuse me for interrupting yeah yeah so no so because i am going to start this series and yeah. if anybody's out there who says, oh, I got a story, then please contact me. Sure, yeah. And uh, you can contact me at Prabhupada Memories at gmail.com. Can I say that?
0: Yeah, let me – I can even post it on the screen here. Um, w- uh, you said
1: Prabhupada mem- Memories. Yeah, but spell it out, Prabhupada, with an A, yeah. you know, memories. at the end, at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Like this? Uh,
0: uh oops, sorry. Uh memories at gmail.com. That's how you can they can right. get you.
1: Yeah, you can contact me there. Mm-hmm. Um whether you have a sankirtan story or you want to inquire about the books or the um the videos, but uh actually I'm also I'm gonna give you uh, put out a little shameless promotion if I can now for your yes, viewers. Yes, yes for yes. your audience that um this book that's just out now, volume five. It's uh, over five hundred pages, actually five hundred and twenty pages. Uh, hundred and eight devotees are interviewed in here and over seven hundred stories. I'm giving all your viewer viewers or people in part of your audience ten dollars off for the next week if you email me at that email address and mm-hmm. in the subject line, type in l m p late morning program. Oh, okay to know that I'll give you the $10 discount. 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 That's fantastic. Thank you, Prabhu. Appreciate it. So for uh, all the listeners,
0: please go ahead and get these books. Uh, get the P- Prabhupada Memories. You can find them on YouTube on uh, Siddhanta Prabhu's YouTube page. Let me show you the YouTube page here. So this is Prabhupada Memories on YouTube. You can subscribe to that. There are plenty of videos on here uh looks like more recent uh videos that you've just uploaded quite recently mm-hmm. uh but this is a wonderful
1: youtube page let me uh, point out one to you that's uh sure. if you're going to watch one i mean mm-hmm. there's 84 i haven't just to let you know ahead of time because i do have subscribers to the series and um they do pay a subscription kind of fee right so i don't post the most recent ones at least for maybe six months to a year just to, you know, for their benefit that they, you know, they're, they're getting the special deal. They're seeing the, the new memories firsthand. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, you know, taking advantage of them, but, uh, you'll see on the, uh, I don't know if it's left or right top row far right. Yes. You see, this is Baha Lassvah. Uh, Baha Lassvah, Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're, if you're to watch one, I mean, since I started this in 90, 1991, there are obviously several or many now devotees, unfortunately, I mean, it's a fact of life, that uh, have left their bodies. I see. Mula Prakriti, Brahmananda, you know, I could name them. This was an interview I did a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, November, I think it was on... the. Lord Neshingadev's Disappearance Day, or Appearance Day, I can't remember. Six days later, Baha'u'llah's left his body. Wow. Six days after this interview. Hmm. And um, it's a a very meaningful and uh, heart-wrenching interview. So if you're going to watch one, this might be the one to start with. Wow, Wonderful. It uh, sure. Braulasio was an early disciple of Prabhupada. Mm-hmm. and he left. <clears throat> he left the movement for a while. I was not able to contact him for years. I couldn't find him. Mm-hmm. Finally, a devotee uh, called me and said, "Baulasio wants to uh, share his stories with you." So he lives up. Uh, he lived up in um, Northern Cal, and uh, so I finally called him and we talked and uh, arranged the time for me to go up there. And uh, his his uh, stories are incredible, and his love for Prabhupada has never left. Amazing! This
0: is uh, this has been a fantastic interview. Have you have you actually done your Prabhupada memories uh, like in the same format that you do the interviews?
1: I'm a little camera shy, right? You know, but uh, that you're not the first one to ask me that. Um, No, I haven't done that, but uh, I have put my stories um, in the introduction to to the books. So everything's there. Mm -hmm. As far as my first words I heard from Prabhupada, uh, I feel no fears there. Um, There's a story that uh, I tell in the book, but I can tell you now. I was on a morning walk with Prabhupada in uh, Denver, Colorado. Prabhupada came. For a week, he stayed with us for a week. He was attracted to come because we were like, I think, second in the Sankraton newsletter. We were second for a good period of time. Denver distributed more books than almost anybody except for maybe L.A. or the Radha Dominar Party. I can't remember who was number one. Wow. But that's how Prabhupada would come. He would come, you know, he'd be attracted by the Devotee's Love, which was exhibited by distributing a lot of his books. Yeah. So we distributed a ton of books there, and he came. Um, funny before I tell you my story, uh, Padmanabha, a good friend of mine, god brother, came up to Prabhupada during that time and said, Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada, we're number two. We're in Denver, we're a medium sized temple, and we're number two in the world, Srila Prabhupada. And he was expecting Prabhupada to say, Wow, that's great, or some, you know, good, you know, pat on the back kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. then, but Prabhupada told him, He said, Well, you make it number one. <laughs> yeah. Wow! So he's always encouraging in that way. Right. Um, but on one particular morning walk, Prabhupada was talking about prashadam and the benefit of prashadam. And um, actually, the same devotee, Padmanabha, was doing um, traveling sankirtan, and he couldn't eat the heavy halava and the ghee and the subji with the ghee in there. He would he would fall asleep, you know, driving? Right. So he asked Prabhupada about what could he do. You know, he said, well, do you like fruit? And he gave him alternatives, you know, that uh, you don't have to eat exactly what Krishna eats, if it's, you know, not helping your service. <laughs> he says, you know, probably was very practical, very practical. Yes. Very compassionate, full of wisdom. But in this time, this morning, he was talking about how he could take Prashadam, And if there was something that he needed to eat, of course, vegetarian, then they could offer you know, next to the maha in the kitchen as the offering was being made, and then it would be maha. Um, but he, then he further discussed about the importance of prashadam, spiritual food offered to Krishna on the altar. And uh, he said, and I was two feet from him. I was always remember that. I mean, I heard him clearly, clear as a bell. And he was describing how there are 8,400,000 different species of life. Yeah. And even if an animal or any insect or any other living entity besides a human being, somehow or another, eats prashadam, they in their next life they will jump over all the other species and take a human form of life. Mm. This is the importance of prashadam. Um, and and uh, I'll take a cue from one of my daughters who carries prashadam in her car. That when she comes to a stoplight, and you know now with the economy and the toilet. You know, we're like um, back in the Depression era. You will find bums. You will find good people, so many people in different situations of life. They'll be on this median asking for donations or whatever, and she'll hand them prasadam. So I'll do that also. You can offer a fruit, you know, an apple, orange, and they'll accept it. And then you're helping them in their next life. And so Prabhupada also said that for a human being that eats prasadam, They'll take birth in a human form, of course, but it'll be an elevated f- form in a rich family, or Brahmin's family, something in order to carry on their spiritual uh, journey. Right. So very important. Prabhupada stressed prashadam all the time. Prabhupada was given a darshan with a lot of Indians, a lot of guests, and uh, was had the service of handing out, he had a big jar of, uh, gulabjamins and uh, so that everyone when they left they would get maha, mm-hmm. they would get prasadam. Yeah. this was customary every time Prabhupada was was stressed prasadam so much, right? Mm-hmm. So this one day as uh, just before he gets up to distribute the prashadam as they're leaving, Kaladri sees that there is a bunch of ants on the gulabjamins. And thinking that, oh, I can't distribute these. They're contaminated now. There are ants all over the place. Right. And he says to Prabhupada, Prabhupada, there are ants all over the gulabjamins. <laughs> and Prabhupada said, don't worry. They don't eat very much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. So back to Prabhupada's humor. Amazing. And, and wisdom. <laughs> all in the same story.
0: Yeah. Prabhu, some c- concluding words from you uh, to our viewers. Uh, I know, and our listeners, and I know. Uh, I-, I urge all the listeners to take up uh, Prabhu's offer of getting, you know, the memories book uh, from him uh, from that email address that I had earlier. Put LMP uh, in the subject line so you can get ten dollars off. But some concluding words for us on on from your from your years of years of wisdom and experience.
1: Oh, boy, that's a a whole Bhagavatam class in itself. Um, Well, uh, another shameless promotion. I mean, these videos, you know, the technology is changing all the time. First, as you mentioned, they were VHS. Then we had DVDs. Now DVDs aren't being used anymore. So the videos you can see on YouTube, if you want them for your home use and you don't have access to a computer, I now have all the videos on a flash drive. A a 512 gigabyte flash drive. Wow. And so you can plug it into your laptop. You could plug it into your iPhone or your, your Android phone. You could plug it into your smart TV and you could have programs at your home. You know, that's what we used to do when a new, a new video would come out. I would have a premiere at our home and and it would be a potluck. We would call everybody. Hey, there's a new, new memories videos out. We're having a premiere Saturday night. Yeah. Padla, bring your best prashadam, your best offering. And um, so we would, uh, you know, have, I would have Bardraj come over and he would lead a great kirtan. You know, he's one of the best. Love him. Mm. And um, then he, we would have a kirtan and then we would have a feast of, you know, everything that everyone brought. And then we would sit down for an hour and a half or so and watch, you know, the premiere. Instead of watching a Netflix thing, you could watch all these stories and, and do it in the association of devotees. Um, hopefully uh, there'll come a time where you're not afraid to uh, gather with uh, fellow devotees and, you know, get a, get your vaccine or whatever. And right. It'll right. end. It'll come to an end, hopefully. But yeah. that was, the, so that premiere, so that could be done just on a flash drive. Now, that's how things are being distributed now. Mm. And you can also, because it is on a flash drive that you can see and hear on your phone, you can plug your phone into your car. You can plug that flash drive, actually yeah. plug the flash drive because cars now have a USB connector.
0: Correct. Yes. Yes.
1: So while you're driving, you can hear a story. Wow. This is, you know, you won't see them and it's not good to see, uh, you know, your screen. You might be able <laughs> to pull it up on, you know, the, if you have a new car that you can, or the kids in the back and watch it, but um, you know, you can uh, hear them where you go. And then you can share the stories that you heard with uh, your, your buddies or your friends, you know, Amazing. And, the, and the more you hear, the more you can tell the story, the more you'll remember it. Shravanam, Kirtanam, And I found that the lesson that's contained within practically every one of these stories, the lesson is easily more easily remembered because there is a story attached to it, a right. setting, a visual, you know, right. I took a course. I'm, now qualified to teach English as a second language. And during the course, I was taught that teaching language, teaching anything, people are different in the way they absorb knowledge. Yes. Through their ears, through their eyes, uh, through writing, through painting, through music, you know, or through a story. So this is one easy way to remember a particular lesson through these anecdotes that are uh, meaningful and then- um, Hopefully, uh, you know, we can remember Krishna and Prabhupada at the time of death. That's that's the essence there.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. I mean, I don't know how much uh, we are so uh, in the comments. Actually, there's a lot of devotees expressing their gratitude to for 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 just taking the time out and and taking the initiative to do this service because it's extremely important and it's so valuable. And and the fact that devotees didn't know that you were behind it. It it makes it you know like it, your humility shows in, in that you didn't want to bring yourself forward but you wanted to bring your God brothers forward you wanted to bring Prabhupada's forward and his leelas and everything and and I and I'm so happy that we got to do this so people can know who you are as a person uh, and and the person behind the Prabhupada memories and I think uh, it, fantastic I'm so I'm so grateful.
1: Well, thank you for thank you for that. Um, again, it's it's not me. I'm just a facilitator. Um, you know, using, you know, what does Rupa Goswami say? I think something in the neck devotion that, you know, the essence is that you take your propensity in life and and use that for, for Krishna. That's what Prabhupada taught us. When yes. Govinda Dasi first came, she was one of the earliest disciples, right? Her and Gorsundra, yeah. they joined yeah. in Hawaii. The first thing Prabhupada asked, what do you like to do? Mm. That's how, you know, we engage people. You don't, yeah. you know, beat them over the head with, uh, you know, surrender today kind of thing, you know. Oh, you, Prabhupada would always engage somebody just on a human platform. You know, oh, what do you do? Where are you from? What do you like? And so she said, well, uh, we're artists. I like to paint. So Prabhupada didn't say to her, go out on Hare nam today. <laughs> he said, okay, here's a picture. I'd like you to paint this. Yeah. You know, so dovetailing, you know, what our propensities are, what we like to do in the service of Krishna and Prabhupada is a, uh, it's natural, and yes. that's that will, you know, make us happy. Hmm. Wonderful. Prabhupada always wanted to make us happy in that, in that film that Yadavara and Vishaka did, yes. Hare Krishna, the mantra, the meditation, the man that started it all.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: That was a thread that I remember seeing through it. Prabhupada's teachings, I, I just want, want you to be happy.
0: Beautiful. So how
1: can we be happy in the material world? Well, we all have propensities, some like to sing some like to play music some like to paint some like to study some like to whatever our propensities are our, that which our karma brings in this particular body this lifetime yeah you know you don't have to do it 24 7 but find something that um you can do that uh, will satisfy your heart because that is uh, what we're looking for bhakti yoga
0: beautiful if someone wants to get in contact with you, uh, I, I know you're on Facebook as uh, Siddhanta Das, so I just put that up on the screen. Uh, if if someone wants to contact Siddhanta Prabhu or be his friend on Facebook, uh, interact with him in any way. Uh, connect with him there on Facebook. Also, so,
1: you could go to PrabhupadaMemories.com.
0: Oh, let me put that one on. com. Okay. Prabhupada memories.com. Please go to that website. You can get in contact with Siddhanta Prabhu there as well. I'm sure you can see the book and all other things uh, there as well. Great. Wonderful. Uh, Siddhanta Prabhu, please stay on. I'm going to turn off the live, but thank you so much. again. that was so wonderful. I really, really appreciate it. It was
1: my pleasure. And uh, I acknowledge you for all that you do. And uh, you have, you have great guests on not, you know, if I can come up to 50% of what, the other devotees that you've had on, you know, and, and, get across a little something about Prabhupada, then my, my day is a success. Oh, but you uh, did. You are also a facilitator. So you're doing a great job in what you're doing.
0: You're a role model of mine. you you know, this Prabhupada memories thing, that's, that's, that's the beginning of this kind of interviewing, you know, of, of devotees about Prabhupada and Krishna conscious. So, so thanks for, blazing that trail for me.
1: Well, you're a good listener. So you got the first quality to be a good interviewer. So thank you. I acknowledge you for that. So thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate
0: it. Please stay on. So, so for all my listeners, that's episode uh, 50 of the late morning program. Uh, you can find this podcast on YouTube and Facebook. The audio only will be coming out on all popular podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, uh, any any kind of podcasting platform, you can hear it there as well. But thank you again, Siddhanta Prabhu. That's episode fifty. Thanks to all my listeners. Uh, we will see you. I don't think next week. I think I'm paused next week for my son's birthday. But the week after, we have another devotee coming on. Uh, I'll put it on the on the Facebook page. But thank you again. Hare Krishna, everyone, and have a Hare great be. evening. Haribol. Oh, sorry, wrong
1: one.